theyeshiva.net. Yeah, the Yerushalmi says in uh, Masechta Rosh Hashanah that on a Yemeladis, on a birthday, Mazoli Goiver, the mazel of a person prevails. So I want to use the opportunity to bless everybody that Hashem should fulfill all of your heart's desires, begashmis and beruchnis, whatever you need and whatever you want, for yourself and all of your loved ones and families and friends, all the blessings, revealed goodness, of health and happiness, prosperity, nachas, menucha, serenity, simcha, and... Uh, a life overflowing with uh, tremendous bracha and atzlocha, ad blidai, both beklal and befrat, and that the <coughs> the light of, of Torah and the light of chassidus, the light of the Alter Rebbe, should be able to penetrate us with an emes, with a primius, that each one of us should be, be able to become an ambassador of light, an ambassador of love, an ambassador of hope, an ambassador of healing, and an ambassador of Redemption. L'chaim. <laughs> could say L'chaim on this, yeah? <laughs> Was the mix. Oh, oh, yeah. We could bring a juicer here in the morning and have juice together. That's what you do anyway, say juicer. No, no, he's saying to have juice in the morning. We can have a juice. So, Gezei Yagot with us. Yeah, it's transparency. Transparency. Okay. Okay, I want to welcome all of the guests, all the regulars who are here, and all of the special guests who are gracing us here. Every person who uh, is here uh, virtually, physically and virtually, has a story, you know. And uh, we welcome all of the stories together. We're still on 84. <laughs> We're still on 84. <laughs> okay, so I hope everybody, yesterday's shear was very important shear. MS? Huh? Very important stuff. We explained, so if you didn't have a chance, you can hear it again or hear it for the first time on the yeshiva.net with the source sheets. And, uh, Thank you, Reb Nochem, for uh, running the show. Thank you, Reb Isaac, for your wonderful work when Reb Nochem was in Israel. It was a very fundamental idea because uh, <coughs> we focused on the love that's Mamalik Alman, right? The love that comes from Mamalik Alman. And that was the whole shear, which in a crux, to summarize it, Mamish, in one sentence, is <laughs> the love of the ultimate self, the love of self, of the ultimate and truest self, the self really being, in its ultimate sense, the light of Hashem in this world, the manifestation of divine electricity that comes through you. That is what life really is. That's what your life really is. And the love of your life is already the love of Hashem. And the love of Hashem is the love of self, the real self. 
Love of God is the love of your true self. And the love of your true self is the love of God. There's of course not a true self, you know. There's the ego self, there's the fake self, there's the label self, there's the delusional self, there is the insecure self, and all the other selves. But all those selves are only necessary because I'm not in touch with that that true self. So I need another self because I need some self to hold on to. If I don't have some self to hold on to, what's left? What's left of me? And when somebody doesn't have any self to hold on to, not the real one and not the fake one, that's when life sometimes becomes unbearable. Because I find no value in it and only pain. Only pain in it. Huh? What did you say? It's holding out to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I shared once with you, I heard this from Dr. Tversky. We were in Boca Raton together for a Shabbos of recovery. There were a few hundred people there who are in recovery. You know, Boca Raton in Florida is a very uh, central place for recovery. So he was there for Shabbos, Rabbi Tversky, Rabbi Avram Tversky, the psychiatrist. And I was there for Shabbos. And we were, we were sitting together at the meal Shmuzing. And uh, he said something very powerful. He said, I asked him, or he said it in a speech, maybe I, whatever, this, but this is what I heard from him. He said that over 60 or 50, 60 years, around 50 or 60 years, that he's dealing with this as an MD, as a doctor, as a psychiatrist, as a therapist, as somebody who created a recovery center in Pittsburgh and been very involved in this you know, in the years when it was not even uh, very common to speak about it, 1960s, he said he learned such truth. And the truth was very powerful. And that is, and he said that most addicts that he's met are much more spiritual and much more sensitive than anybody else. And therefore they couldn't deal with the lies of a self and the lies of a world as other people may do. And they needed desperate measures and alternatives to be able to fill the void that comes from the tremendous emptiness, that comes from the tremendous pain of not feeling that true connection with who they really are. To put it in simple words, somebody who could become comfortable with... Sometimes we look at a person, and I'm saying this, of course, with sensitivity, and I don't mean it as it may sound. Like sometimes you may, you know, it's a heavy shval ruach b'fnei kol adam. It says in, in Pirkei right? Be humble in front of every person. Be humble in front of it. Sometimes you look at two people. One person, a gestalte mensch. I don't know how you say that in English, a gestalte mensch. Um, not just a staff. Everything is put together about them. From the tie, Right? To the watch, the knot is always, not like by me, the knot is always, uh, uh, put together. Everything looks from the car to the watch, to the suit, to the hat, to the shoes, to the schedule. Everything. You look at another person, yeah? 
Nothing is put together. Everything is chaos. At the surface, here's a success story. Here is a colossal failure. And on some levels, you know, practically speaking, there may be some truth to that. But sometimes it's the other way around. One person is much more superficial. Or one person could live much more comfortably with deception, with superficiality, with falsehood. It works. The game works for them. And others are very sensitive. That game doesn't work. And if they can't find a real, real connection with transcendence, they uh, they end up in the abyss. The reason they're ending up in the abyss is not because of their lowliness. It's because of their greatness. And therefore, the substitutes that so many of us employ as good distractions don't work for them. That's what I heard from him. And why this is so important is because when I'm not aligned with my real self, I need substitutes. I always need substitutes. The question is how big, how dense, how fake, or how real, if I'm aligned with my real self. So that's number one. That's how I would summarize what we learned yesterday. Now we come to the next stage of love, which is called the love that's rooted in Saif of Kalhalman. What's the love that's rooted in Saif of Kalhalman? In other words, the first love that we spoke about is so much already. It's, it's so good. It's so nice. It's, it's, it's pleasant. It's powerful. It's healing. And that's true. It is healing and it's, and it's powerful, and it's and it's good. <laughs> and if you can really internalize that, this uh, <laughs> not so bad. If you can really internalize that, but in the soul of the Jew, there's something deeper. And because there's something deeper, therefore, despite the tremendous depth and truth of the first love that we're talking about it's still number one it's step one but there's a step two that's far deeper even and that's what he calls the ahava the love that stems from soivav because how did we define mamalek alman if you recall god as the engine of the universe right god as the self it's the way the divine articulates himself as the oxygen of the cosmos. You got that? Don't worry, I also didn't. It just came out. But I don't think it's that bad. It's God how he articulates himself as the oxygen of, of the universe. Rebbe Avram, Huh? You want to give a... A mathematical equation for that? In other words, what we're saying is, what is Mamala Kalalman? It's the way that the divine energy becomes the source of life for every single being. Right? That's what Mamala Kalalman is. He fills, 
He fills the worlds, and that becomes the true experience of every single being. A person is alive. You feel alive. There's something about your life that you feel, even if you don't understand it fully and you can't put your hands fully on it. But we cherish that. We cherish our breath. We cherish our kol haneshama, kol neshimo neshima. We cherish the heartbeat. We cherish the electricity of our body. We cherish the genes, the cell, the, the neurons firing every nanosecond, a hundred billion neurons. We cherish that. And that every, every nivra, every being has a life. Those who are more conscious, those who are less conscious, those who are on the highest level of consciousness, those who are on the lowest level of consciousness from a revealed level. But everything has its source of life, and ultimately that's the divine energy. The Dvar Hashem, the Ruach Piv, as he puts it. The, the word of Hashem, Shahakal Niyabidvara. But what is it? It's the way Hashem articulates himself to become electricity of the universe. And as great as that is, Right? And I think I once saw that the amount of electricity that comes uh, in two minutes from the sun to the earth, <laughs> from the sun, yeah, is more than the whole electricity that we generate combined in the, on the whole planet. So that's two minutes of the sun's electricity. So that's obviously awesome. It's infinite. It's, it's incredibly, it's incredibly powerful. But we all understand that there's a tremendous symptom in that. There's a tremendous restriction in that. God is defining himself and articulating himself as the electricity of the cosmos that suits, it's the voltage that suits the chemistry and character of every being. And even the highest, 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 most spiritual, lofty creation is still a creation with its own chemistry, with its own design, and therefore the voltage that goes into it, divine voltage, is very, very restricted. And that's what makes it mamale. I mean, it has to fill it. If the electricity is overwhelming, you know what happens to the machine. The product burns up. So by definition, mamale kalalman is the way God becomes the self of every nivra. So that's tremendous. From my perspective, who am I? I am the divine. I am the energy of the divine. I am a conduit for the divine. But what aspect of the divine? As he puts it, it's like the, it's like a letter. It's like a word that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> how much electric, how much of the self is expressed in one word? In one breath? It's all me. It's like the ray of the sun. It's very important, the ray of the sun. It's very powerful. But how do you compare that to the sun itself? So it's tremendously restricted and condensed. In other words, the maila of this ava is also its chisaran. The maila of this ava is that it's, 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 it's me. <laughs> it's not separate from me. God and I are one. We're completely aligned. And that's its tremendous quality. It's tremendous power. Divine vibrations. Right. Vibrations. What do you mean? Mamale? It's divine as is, but that divine gave Torah mitzvahs. So it's not... uh... (laughs) 
But you're right, uh, an animal doesn't have Torah mitzvahs. It has its program. Shahakal <laughs> niyabidvare. Ah, avada. That's mamalakal alman. Shahakal niyabidvare. Shahakal niyabidvare. I was davening in the other shul this morning in 18, so I went to the sink there to drink a cup of water. So I saw a sign by the coffee machine. In 18, I saw a sign. The fellow writes over there, he says, the minhag by Jews is that in the morning, metrink takava. In the morning, you drink a coffee. He says, that's the minhag, at least around here, that a lot of people drink coffee in the morning. <laughs> he says, why? Why? So I always thought, I don't know, people like a coffee in the morning. It may wakes them up, makes them feel good, whatever it is. But the Bala sign, the author of the sign, it says as follows. He says, I'll tell you why. Coffee is black. The milk is white. The water is hot. The milk is cold. The sugar is sweet. The coffee is bitter. Okay. So you have black and white, hot and cold, bitter and sweet. And you put it all into one cup. And you say, this is our, the morning. This is our morning starts. There's moments that are bitter, moments that are sweet, moments that are black, moments that are white, moments that are cold, moments that are hot, moments that are sweet, moments that are bitter. But it's Baruch Atah Hashem Alekeinam Alechaylam Shahakol Niya Bidvarai. Ganz gut, huh? Huh? No, I read it this morning. I read it. I read it twice. So I could say it over. Not bad. Adam Shlemy, you just missed a good word. Chaim on the coffee. It says, Come on, Chaim of coffee. Now, I'm not saying that it's a biblical mitzvah to drink coffee in the morning. <laughs> I'm not telling you it's a rabbinic mitzvah. Adam brought green juice. And actually, it's more. This is closer to the source. <laughs> Yeah, ginger, with garlic, with wheatgrass, with celery, it's also that. Okay. It was actually closer to the source, you know, so you could see more the bidvara. It's it, le- less tzimtzum, less tzimtzum in green juice than in coffee with, uh, I don't put in sugar, but still. Who made the coffee, you? You. <laughs> uh, yeah, a Russian coffee this morning. <laughs> Shahakal niya bidvare. Shahakal, everything, everything happened with his words. Everything comes into existence bidvare. That's why it's called kava. Kave alashem. Kave in Yiddish is coffee. Kave alashem. We say at the end of davening, right? Kave alashem. Chazak v'yamitz lebecha. And then again, So yeah, that's the truth of every, of every nivra. That's the truth of every existence. But what makes it the truth of every existence is that it's the way the divine, or like the philosophers like to say, the Godhead articulates itself, compresses itself into becoming the engine of the universe and becoming the vibrations that vibrate and vivify and pulsate through the entire cosmos, 
not just the physical one, as we put it, all the worlds, the spiritual worlds, the physical worlds, all the way down to the tiniest pebble and really tiniest atom, tiniest molecule, tiniest atom and tiniest particle in, in, in our world. So on one hand, this love is, is everything. <laughs> but it's not, but what is it? It's a love to God, the way God becomes the self. That's what mamale means. And that's why he says it's, it's beruach piv called svam. It's dvar Hashem. It's a ray. It's a word. It's an energy. There's an expression of the Balatanya Lakutatayra and Shir Hashirim, just a line. Loi zehu ikirha lakus, masha oilamus mishavim mimenu. Translate. Very, very, very powerful line. Don't think that the primary aspect of godliness is that the worlds come from it. Don't define godliness by the fact that the worlds come from him. That's from the Chazal. Why he's called Hamakan. Similar. Right? He constitutes the space of the world, but the world doesn't constitute his space. That's a very important idea. He constitutes the space of the world. In other words, there's no I outside of the divine. But you can't sum up the divine by my electricity. <laughs> Just like nobody's going to say that you could sum up electricity in the world by my refrigerator. My refrigerator has no chios, uh, if you wish, no uh, electricity, no life, energy outside of electricity. But you're not going to summarize, oh, the whole electricity that's available in reality is in my refrigerator. Thank God not. If the Niagara Falls would be in the refrigerator, it wouldn't really function well. And even the Niagara Falls doesn't sum it all up. So yeah, the refrigerator got no life outside of electricity. But electricity got a life outside of the refrigerator. <laughs> this was one of the major differences. The Baal Shem Tev has an expression when the Baal Shem Tev used to say, "Gut is alts and alts is gut. Hashem is everything and everything is Hashem. So those who didn't understand confused it, Lahavdil, with pan- pantheism. Spinoza who lived in the 17th century in Amsterdam, was a Jewish boy, his name was Baruch, Baruchel, <laughs> and later went his own way. If you visit Amsterdam, the shul, you could still see the original cherim, the excommunication on the wall, the original cherim, they banned him. So he's very well known as uh, the initiator of the idea of pantheism, which equates God with nature and nature with God. Oh, God is alt, God is everything. But it's really the exact opposite. What the Baal Shem Tov was teaching, based on the Chazal, based on the Kabbalah, based on the, on various Midrashim, is that there's no nature outside of the divine. Not that there's no divine outside of nature. So there's no I outside of that electricity. But you can't summer, sum up the sun by the ray. There's no ray outside of the sun. The ray is from the sun. Not a new, it's not a new reality, but, you, but you're not gonna define the sun by the ray. So the Ava of Mamala Kalalman, the Ava in Malalman is the Ava to the ultimate self. 
the way the divine translates into the self, which is a tremendous, tremendous symptom, a tremendous restriction. Because it's the way that the chemistry of every being can make, contain the divine energy, and that's what defines it. So by definition, it's suited and it's custom-made and it's tailor-made to the very function, design, purpose, utility, physical and spiritual of that created being. I'm being clear. It's clear. You could look it up. It's called Panthea. Whatever this was, his shit. Sounds like No. Bechlaumat. Mitzad Mamalik without Soiviv, a person could come to that mistake. Mitzad Mamalik and without Soiviv, a person could come make that error. Even that, it's, uh, even without Soiviv, it's a big limitation of the Right, it's a whole different idea. That's what the Gemara the Chazal are saying. Hu he constitutes the space of the world, but the world doesn't constitute his space. The whole space of the world, space doesn't only mean space, space means every aspect of the world is him. <laughs> he constitutes the space of the world, but the world doesn't constitute his space. There's no world outside of him, but you can't say that there's no him outside of the world. The Ava to Sevav, the Ava that comes from Sevav Kalaman is a whole deeper story. I'm saying deeper as though the first one is not deep, but it's a whole different mahalach. Saiv of Kalalman represents the divine truth the way it is, unadulterated. We said the Lashon of the Balatanya, Don't define godliness by the fact that the world comes from it. It's interesting. There's different terms people use for Hashem. One of the very famous terms is What's The master of the world. The master of the world is a term for us, not for him. <laughs> you understand? That's what he's saying. It's the way we describe it. It's not, it's not a term for him. In terms of him, it's only Ruach Piv. <laughs> it's like I'll define the sun by the fact that you want to know what the sun is? Look, my house is light. <laughs> it's true, my house is light from the sun, but that's that's a story about me. It's not a story about the sun. For me, that's everything. Look at the sun. For the sun, it's kama ray, a little ray. It's dvar Hashem, ruach piv. The Gemara says in Menachas, the whole Elam Haza was created with a hay. So it's a hay. So I want to know how much voltage of the entire self exists in the letter He. Ha! Ha! Hevel, my breath. Ha! Hey! What did you just get from me? Okay, my hey is not God's hey. My hey is not hashtag Hevel. But what do they say? Uh, a butterfly uh, flaps its wings here and uh, tornadoes are created there. Every breath has a power. Every breath has an energy. So that breath means everything. Because that breath is the electricity of the entire cosmos. 
That's big. In that little point, prebiotic soup, in which the Big Bang happens, all the electricity is there. And if you just want to use, I'm just using that terminology. And then there's an explosion and it expands. And a universe is formed. Or you want to use the language of the Ramban and Bereshus. He uses that language, the Ramban, in the 1200s. That the whole universe started as a tiny, tiny point, a tiny Nakuda. This is the Ramban in the 1200s. Okay, the Big Bang, uh, I think, emerged in the 1920s, right? The 60s. That's when they heard the vibrations and so forth. It starts as a little, little point. That's what he says. A mamash, a tiny nekud of ayin. And, and it develops. In that point, you have everything. Everything. And the power and the intensity of that and the momentum of that is, is unfathomable. But all of that, Chazal described as the letter hey. Or as he puts it here, ruach piv, the breath of his mouth. So it's a vibe. It's a divine vibe. That's where the word vibe comes. The world is a divine vibe. And when you're in touch with the real world, you're always in touch with the divine vibes. There's a good vibe. Shahakal niya bidvara. But ribayna shalaylam is a description of us more than of anything else. It's the way you're defining Hashem as the source of the electricity of the cosmos. Now that's impressive stuff. But it's like defining electricity in terms of your refrigerator or your vacuum cleaner. The whole Mamala Kalalman is the way godliness restricts itself and articulates itself and compresses itself and condenses itself to become the oxygen, the fuel, the electricity, the vibrations, the vitality, the chius of the universes. Saiviv Kalalman represents that which is Saiviv. Saiviv means it surrounds the world. What does it mean surround? Surrounds doesn't mean in space. It's around the building, it's not inside the building. It means it's not condensed into the parameters of the particular nivra. Mamala Kalaman is all about ex- conscious experience. It's about creating the I that I'm experiencing, and that's why it's always fitted to the keli, to the vessel. I can't pour more water than this can contain, because you can only deal with a particular voltage. If not, you won't be you. You're going to burn up the machine, you're going to destroy the machine. Every malach has its chiyus and every soul has its chiyus and doimim tzemeya chayim medaber. This watzil is bri yitzirasiya. A rock to a pebble to a blade of grass to an insect to a reptile to a bird to a fish to a mammal to a mammoth to a human being to a galaxy to a black hole. I don't know bigger stuff, sorry. Huh? No. No, I'm not saying God. <laughs> I'm talking about the kalim, the vessels. We call it soiviv, not because it's not inside. <laughs> it's inside like it's outside. But it's not condensed, it's not limited. It's the unadulterated truth of Hashem, so to speak. Huh? No, set the is in everything. <sighs> 
No. Save of Kol Alman Bashava. Every Kali has the same exact relationship to it because it's not limited to the experience. If it's limited to the experience of the Kali, you can't compare, you know, in the back of the laptops, they tell you how much voltage it can take, right? To, uh, 220, 110, right? In the olden days when the wires only had one, you remember you put in the wrong wire, you went to Israel, you put in the wrong wire and that was it. You could say Kaddish on your computer. I did it once. Today they already, uh, you know, they have all the, it already adopts it. Transformers, right. So they have, most machines already have it. Because it has to suit, it has to suit this particular vessel. This cup is eight ounces, I can have eight ounces of water. I have a gallon, I can put in a gallon. It always has to, and that's the definition of mamali. The definition of mamali is, what makes you here that I get you? In Saiviv, it's completely not defined by the Kali. His presence is everywhere and everything on its terms, and it's infinite. And there's no place that's devoid of it. So, essentially, and again, let's, let's not take this in simple terms. The relationship with Hashem in terms of Mamalek Alalmin, relative to Saiviv, is called spiritual selfishness. What do I mean spiritual selfishness? It's the way that I'm finding my ultimate expression. I'm finding myself in the truth. But the focus is always on that I. And therefore, I have to dumb down the energy. Because what allows for the I to experience it is that the energy is dumbed down. The Ava of Soiv of Kalalman is... Like the Alter Rebbe used to say, "Ich Hazer, Ich Habach, Ich 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 I want you. I want you. You means I want you on your terms, not the way you're defined by me, and you come into me, and you make me comfortable, and you give me my ultimate realization." Not that we're knocking the first, it's not, it's not, you know, black and white here, like coffee and milk. <laughs> but it's, it's the depth of a neshama. Alter Rebbe has an expression in a mimer on Pesach, <laughs> how he puts it as a, he says, to be typhus mamalakalalman, he says, not for this did the nefesh kiss come down into the world. This even a good guy can be typhus. <laughs> he says, not for this did the nefesh kiss come down into the world. He says, this a good Gentile can grasp also. Somebody who's really open and spiritually honest understands that the whole world is divine. He says, the nefesh kiss, the godly soul came into the world to give the world a taste of soiviv kalam. <laughs> taste of truth, of the ultimate truth. Truth here, we don't mean truth versus falsehood. Mamali is as true as anything else. Truth we mean the ultimate truth that is not defined by my experience of truth, but rather my experience of truth is defined by it. You're looking at me like I'm a little kmashuga, or confused, bewildered. 
It's really one. We're talking about our experience. In our experience, we have to have a When we say these terms, it's not like Chas V'Shalom, there's two. Hashem Echad. We speak Mamali and Soiviv to define our experience of it. It's not like Mamali is in the cup and Soiviv is outside of the cup. It's really one. But by definition, Mamali is the way I define God. How do I define God? The way I define I. And that's infinite, trust me. How much of the I do we know? <laughs> we don't even understand one cell. And there's 40 trillion of them. How much of that you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper? Because that itself is ain't safe. And that's why there's endless worlds. It says there's ain't safe madregas. Talmidi chachamim, the Gemara says in Brachas, ain't la menucha, loy boy lamhaza, loy boy lamhaba shenemar, yelchu mechayel el chal yerala lakimbetziya. And that's how Masechus Brachas ends. Talmudim have no menucha, no tranquility, not in this world, not in the next world. That's that that's that's a nice way to end the Gemara. <laughs> People think one day you retire, you have menucha. If not here, there. No, you don't get it. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's what that's what Mamale means. Mamale means it's the ray of the sun that I'm enjoying and experiencing. And it's true, it's true. And it's very true. I'm, I, I enjoy the sun very morning. I don't have a marshal here because this is blocked and this is a, a bad position. But just imagine, you know, the huge windows and we're sitting here and the rays are coming in and, and you, and as you're looking at me, you can see the rays of the sun being reflected, right? You understand my point? <laughs> okay. Electricity. Can you say what is so amount? So the way the Alter Rebbe says it is, <coughs> don't define godliness by the fact that the world comes from him. What do you mean don't define him? We always say, the Halekim Bashefer. It's true he's the creator, but that's, you're talking about yourself more than about him. They say that Mendel Haradaker was, uh, he wrote a sefer called Pri Haaretz. He was a student of the Magid. He sometimes called Reb Mendel of Vitebsker, Reb Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk. Because the Magid passed away, so for a few years the Balatanya became his Talmud. He used to go to him. So they want, this is a story they say. I think I read it from Rav Shlomo Yosef Zevin. I read it many years ago that his students once said, Rebbe, can you show us a Tzadik Nister? We want to see a concealed tzaddik. So he says, me. Ich bin a tzaddik nister. They said, yeah, but you're not concealed. We all know. We all know you and we know you're a tzaddik. So he said, as I, ach und wei, as ich wollt gewen a tzaddik wie viel ewest. Woe unto me if my tzaddik status was as much as you know it. You understand what he's saying? Now, the way I define a tzaddik, I'm talking about me, I'm not talking about him. Generally speaking, they say, right, psychologists love to say, and there's a truth to it. When somebody is speaking about you, they're usually not speaking about you, they're speaking about themselves. (laughs) 
I can't speak about you. I speak about you from my perspective. The whole you I know is me. (laughs) How do I know you? How do I know you? I know you. And that's why you have to be so humble in judging others because it's always based on my paradigms and my own experiences and my own insecurities. Sometimes a person triggers me and I go crazy from them. It has to do with them and it has to do with me. Completely do with me. This doesn't mean that they're perfect and they're saintly and they're righteous. But it means when somebody is speaking about you, more than you, when, when I hear somebody speaking about somebody else, especially a great person, yeah, I always think to myself, this person is not telling me about the great person. They're telling me about who they are. That's what you're saying. All you're telling me is who you are. You're not telling me. Even if you're, even if you're authentic, I'm not talking about if you're making Baba Mises. Even if you're authentic, you're describing, of course, the Mendelevitepsky is a tzaddik. And who's the maven on what a tzaddik is? <laughs> who's the expert on a tzaddik? You. You decided what a tzaddik is. He fits it. So he says, Rabbi Sai, I'm not that tzaddik. I'm a tzaddik nister. <laughs> you really don't know about me. That's the difference of Mamalikalalman and Sebukalam. Mamalikalalman is, I'm defining you based on me. <laughs> because the you, in this case, the you has become me. From my own life force, as he says, I love my life, I love Hashem. Because it's the same thing. Soiviv is that the soul is rooted in the ultimate truth. So it's not, I love, the love of Hashem is the love of self. It's a love that transcends even the self. And from here comes the secret of the Jewish people. And the difference between the two, of course, is one is based on my conscious experience and one is never based on my conscious experience and therefore it could never cease, it could never change. It could be conscious, but it's a different type of consciousness. Mamali is defined by my experience of it. What makes it here? What makes Mamali here? That it fills me, that it defines me. And I define it. It's based on the Kali. We'll give an example. If a teacher is teaching and the idea is understood by the student. So now you could say the student goes away with this idea in his mind. He could think about it. He can share it with others. He can write it. It can inspire him, etc. What happens if the teacher is teaching and the student doesn't understand the idea? So... Could you say the idea is in the student? No. Not that Seichel has a space, but it lives in the world of intellect. And if I don't understand it, this intellect has not arrived into my space. Sometimes you're sitting at a shear, right? And it just doesn't go in. So it did not go into me. What means it went into me? I got it. I got it. And then when you start smiling. Because I got it. That's all the definition of mamale. What makes it here is that I experience it, that I feel it, that it became part of me. If it's not part of me, if I don't feel it, then it's not the yin of mamale, it's not here. It's not my experience. But soiviv is completely a different reality. It is here in its unadulterated truth. 
notwithstanding my experience. Yeah. That's why it always changes. What was yesterday's soiviv is today's mamale. What is today's soiviv becomes tomorrow's mamale. They once asked the briskerov. It's a briskevart, but you'll soon see how it works. They asked him if when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a muna. When Mashiach comes, will there be a muna? Apparently not, right? A muna means belief. You don't have to believe that uh, that there's a cup of coffee here. <laughs> you could see it. So the briskerov answered like a briskerov. He said, a muna is a mitzvah. And mitzvahs don't change. One of the 13 principles. A mitzvah doesn't change. A mun is a mitzvah. A mitzvah doesn't change. Mashiach. It's a briske vart. You hear the vart. A mun is a mitzvah and a mitzvah doesn't change. What's pshat? So for the briske of such a vart passed. So in the Kutatoy, the Parshas Veschan, and the Balatanya says this. And he says, what was today's emuna becomes tomorrow's knowledge. What is tomorrow's emuna becomes the knowledge the next day. What is today emuna when Mashiach comes is knowledge. And there's another emuna because you're dealing with absolute infinity. You understand? So will there be emuna? Then of course there'll be emuna. A completely different type of emuna because today's soiviv becomes tomorrow's mamale. Just like when people grow up. What for one person is completely beyond, another person grasps and is comfortable with. We all know, even sitting here in this year, right? Every person is, comes from their own experience. What one person, what for one person is, 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 is reality, but another person doesn't know. What are you talking about? What do you want? Was willst du? And so it goes. You have to, Expand and expand and expand. In neuroscience, they call it creating new neural pathways. New ways of thinking, new neural pathways. What was yesterday's mystery becomes today's reality and so forth. When a person has that humility... You don't relate, you don't have to relate to Soiviv. Soiviv relates to you. <laughs> you don't have to relate to it, it relates to you. You think you're finite. <laughs> you're finite because you think you're finite. That's what Mamali does. <laughs> you're typhus. You're finite because you think you're finite. That's what the Malikalaman does. God allows you and me to think that we're finite. <laughs> if there wouldn't be mamale, what would you and I know? That we're infinite. Yeah, if you think you're infinite, you're infinite. Try it. Don't try it at home. <laughs> All reality is based on consciousness. All reality is based on consciousness. Doesn't mean it's a lie. God allowed for that consciousness. 
He wants a dir b'tachtoinim. <laughs> he wants us to be in a world of consciousness, in a world of finiteness, not in a world of infinity. Is it a point where when we try to find the it actually finds us. Yeah. 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 I was once in Yerushalayim. I met over there a Jew, a mystic. Meir Abisera was his name. Meir Abuchatsera. Oliver Shalom. So he tells me, you know the difference between Jerusalem and the rest of the world? He says, in the rest of the world, you pursue meaning. And in Jerusalem, meaning pursues you. The Ava of Seiv of Kalalman is the essence of, a, of, of the Jewish experience. The Anim Zmiris Vishirim Ereg, Kiye Lecha Nafshi Sareg, Nafshi Chomda Betzel Yadachal Adas Kol Rosaydacha. Yeah. You know the story behind this niggin? Huh? The Lubavitcher Rebbe used to teach on Nigan Simchas Teda every, every Simchas Teda at dawn. Around five o'clock in the morning. He would come down, he would teach a Nigan. One year he taught the Nigan Anim's Midas. Before he would teach the Nigan, he would tell the background of the song. The story behind it, because every Nigan has a story. So when he taught the Nigan Anim's Midas, Vishidim Eric, you know the Nigan, yeah? So before the Lubavitcher Rebbe taught the Nigan, he shared the story. That uh, it says it says in Shulchan Aruch that the day after Yom Kippur, Noihagin Lahashkem. It's a minik to come early to Shul, <laughs> to come earlier to Shul to Daven Shachas. So it was the day after Yom Kippur, and they came to a Shul to Daven early in the morning the next day, and they come into Shul, and there's a Jew, <laughs> and the Jew is with his cup with his uh, kittel. And his talis over his head, and he's singing this nigan Anim's Midas Vishidimarik. And they realized he never went home, Mitsayim Kippur. Why? Because the ecstasy of Ni'ila was so powerful, he couldn't leave. He didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. So he was it's a He went into a dvaikas. And he st- stood there all night, Mitzahim Kippur. And when they came in the morning, he was singing this niggin. It's like a chosin and a kala don't want to leave the yichud room. <laughs> yeah, Yom Kippur is like the chuppah. Ne'ila is like the yichud room. The door closes and you're inside. Right? And even the photographer has to leave. And then there's always somebody banging, no, 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 pictures, pictures. There's a reason we're paying $70,000 for the wedding, not you should be stuck in the Yichud room. You'll have a whole life for that, hopefully. So Ne'il is like the Yichud, he doesn't want to come out. I'm not, I don't have to take pictures. <laughs> That's just my marshal. So what, what's the Nikud of this? There's two types of love. There's a love that's based on the self. 
I love you because, because of what you do for me, how you enrich me. In this case, it's not just you enrich me, you are me. <laughs> the love of God comes from the love of self. It is the love of the ultimate self. But there's a whole different ava, a whole different, a different deep, deep ava. And that's the Anim's Midas, Vishidim Eric, Kielecha Nafshi Sarek. That there's something in the Jewish soul that is rooted in the ultimate essence that is beyond the Dvar Hashem that creates the world. It's beyond the vibe of electricity that restricts itself to come into the world. I'm not looking to you to find myself. I'm looking to you even if that means I completely melt away in yourself. I don't have to find myself in you. I'm not looking for a madrege, for a shlemus, for, for another checkpoint on my chart. I'm not looking even for inspiration. <laughs> I'm not looking for inspiration. I'm looking for truth. I want you. Really? But if you want me, if you want you, you know the electricity voltage there is very, very big. It doesn't sit well with your spiritual ego. I don't care. Not because of recklessness, because of carelessness. On the contrary, there's, there's a yearning for ultimate intimacy with ultimate truth in which you completely lose yourself. And this is, this is the experience of the Ava that's rooted in Saif of Kalal. And this is part of the violin of the soul. This is part of the music of the violin of a Jewish soul. Maybe you have to sing in order to understand this. <laughs> I think you have to sing, yeah? yeah. Nafshi chamado b'tzel So, <laughs> back to words again. <laughs> but it's really a pen. It, 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 oopsie. Almost saivav. It's really, it's really a pendulum. Is that the word? Uh, pendulum. <laughs> pendulum. 
In other words, the Avas Hashem of Mamale is the search for the ultimate self. And that's a beautiful thing, right? People say, I'm searching for myself. It's a big word. When you're 19, you're supposed to look for yourself. When you're 49, you realize you're lost. <laughs> when you're 69, what happens then? Yeah. But the search for self, the search for self. Now, it's a noble thing, the search for self. It happened when God said, Ayeka, where are you? And Adam said, good question. And since then, we've been in therapy. I mean, more or less, God says, where are you? He didn't ask anybody else. Why couldn't he ask a tiger, where are you? Or a cat? He asked a person. And we said, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's really what happened. It's not posh. This is serious stuff. They ate from the tree of Das, right? The tree of Das. Where are you? I don't know. <laughs> God said, you must have eaten from the Eitz Das. Ah, shine. And now you're self-conscious. Every animal is fine being without clothes. We? Whoa, no, no, no. I need to get dressed. <laughs> what happened? It's a whole different thing. I'm trying to find myself. I'm not comfortable. If I would be comfortable with myself, like my two-year-old baby, he doesn't have to get dressed. We get him dressed, but he's fine running around the dining room without anything. Kiyodua. And everybody says, so cute. But when you're 14, when your 14-year-old does that, you're in a crisis. You're calling every expert in the world. What should I do? Right? You don't know what to do. You want to shoot him. Because it's already post-Eitz Hadas. <laughs> You're two years old. It's pre-Eitz Hadas. So that search for self always comes because there's a little bit of alienation. Alienation. I don't know who I am, so I'm searching for myself. So, and in that search for self, you discover when you can discover your alignment with the divine, that's a very, very powerful. And that itself grows and grows and grows, because Mamali is also infinite. But it's the search for perfection. It's the search for self-realization. It's the search for self-actualization. It's the search for alignment. And that's one of the most noble searches in the world. But that's not the ultimate experience of Yiddishkeit. The ultimate experience of Yiddishkeit is what it says after Matan Torah, The first mitzvah after Matan Torah was what? Right after. What's the first thing it says, you know? Build an altar of earth. And you'll slaughter on it your offerings of oilus and shlomim. So the Balatanya once said, why is that the first mitzvah after Matan Torah? I'll say it in Yiddish and then I'll translate. So the first thing Hashem says after Build an altar of Adam of earth, of Bittel. And on that altar you should slaughter your need to go higher and you need to be perfect. From the word Aliyah. And Shleimus. A person, I want, I want Alias. I want Madregis. I want Shleimus. I want perfection. I want ultimate perfection. I want Shleimus. Spiritual perfection. That's all in the Ava of Mamale. I'm looking for my ultimate self. The Ava of Saiviviz. I'm not looking for that. 
I'm looking for the ultimate truth. And I want to melt in that ultimate truth. I want to melt. I don't want to experience it in the self. Because I know that what I experience in the self is always, is always, uh, convoluted, convoluted, tainted, condensed. I want, I want everything. And not I want it because I want it so I can come back and say, you, you know where I was? <laughs> That's not the word. I'm using the word I want because I have no other word. But it's, it's, it's the natural yearning, the elecha nafshi saraig. Huh? It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's because that's who you really are. It's because you saw all over machshava. Because the neshama is deeper than dibur. And that's the oimik of the Alter Rebbe when he says the world comes from dibur. And the Gemedmich says, you saw all over machshava. I don't come from your dibur, I come from your machshava. What's the difference of speech and thought? Speech is for everybody else. Thought is you yourself. Thought is you. Speech is what we all hear. You speak, I know. When, when you speak, it's for communication. It's already channeling the energy, condensing the energy. Thought is you yourself. The whole universe has a relationship with speech. It's the vibe of speech. It's the energy of memale. Ruach piv, right? It's the communication of the divine. That's why we call the world God's speech. What's a speech? The worst thing you can do at a speech is get up and not be prepared. Unless you know how to not be prepared. But that itself you have to prepare for. What I mean, you see you get, people get up and start rambling. You no, know, you have to prepare for your audience. If you're speaking to children, you have to, if you're speaking to adults, this crowd, you have to know your audience. Why? Because that's what communication is. Communication is not about me. It's about you. I know this class was different, but <laughs> but communication is about the audience, not about the speaker. That's what it is. And if you don't know about the audience, then you're not communicating. Dibur, by the by definition, is tzimtzum. It's not about complete self-expression. It's about communicating that in a way that a person, not that it's dishonest, even if it's very honest, but it, you want to affect the other person. Machshava is your intimate self. So those are the two loves. The first one is always conscious. That's what the definition is. It's, it's my, my consciousness. It's my, my life, my sense of life. The second ava is never changes. It's not like if your consciousness seizes, it's not there. In other words, after, after the gili of Matan Taira, what's the result? That you could check your shlemus. What does this mean in the avoid of a person? What does it mean in the avoid of a person? Practically. Just one practical example would be, I'll talk about a child, it'll be easier to understand. Sometimes, you meet a child, whether it's your own or somebody else. When it's your own, it's harder, obviously. The child is struggling with a lot of stuff. If you look at this child, what's the hardest thing for so many people to do? 
the hardest thing for so many people to do is to step away from their own paradigms of how things are supposed to look. You have a child struggling, let's say. Your own child or a child who's close to you, a teenager, whatever it is, a boy, a girl. And you need drastic measures in order to save this child, to help this child. But it's so hard for me, it's so hard for you to go out of my paradigm how this child has to be. So I keep, or we keep on going back into that bubble from which we operate. This is how you do it. If yes, good. If not, leave the house, leave the system, leave the community. I, you're losing this child, but I cannot graduate. I cannot transcend my understanding of what Judaism is and what God is. And not because I'm a bad person. Maybe because I'm actually a very good person. And this is what I was trained. This is morality. This is ethics. This is what God wants. This is the right thing. This is the right thing to do. But sometimes there comes a moment where you have to break the luchas. What was the mysterious nefesh of breaking the luchas, you think? For Moshe, there was nothing more precious than the luchas. Why? Because it's, it's God himself. <laughs> Nobody understood the value of the luchas more than Moshe. And he's the one who broke them. What did he break at that moment? He didn't break two stone of tablets. He broke everything. He broke everything he understood about God. Why? To save the Jewish people. That's a different type of relationship. That's a different type of Ahava. You're ready to break everything you knew about your own spiritual self for a truth in which you're not going to find yourself. But that's what real love is. That's what real connection is. And it's not an easy thing. Anybody relates to what I'm talking about? Huh? Not an easy thing. Now, this is not done with hefkeris and anarchy because I'm in the mood of breaking luchas. Then, uh, then it's not kosher. It has to, huh? Rashi says that Moshe broke the luchas because it was the ksuva. The luchas was the marriage contract. So Moshe says, there's no marriage contract. They're not married to you. <laughs> there's no adultery. Rashi says in Parshish Kisisa. The Jews are not married. So he takes Kivayochel, Luchas, which is Kivayochel Hashem himself, Anon, Nafshik, Savis, Yehovis, Anoichi, the Gemara says, Hashem's essence is in the Luchas, and that's what he breaks. But that was also for God. That was also for God. Because the Tanah Develio says, that a Yid asked a Leoanavi, he says, I love two things, Torah and the Jewish people. Which one comes before, which one comes first? So Leoanavi said, So the Leoanavi said, the whole world says that the Torah comes first. And I say that the Jews come first. So the Leoanavi told them. So now the question was, the Tluchas can survive and the Jews will die. Or the Luchas can break and the Jew will live. So Moshe breaks the Luchas. So you would think Hashem would be upset. Hashem says, Thank you for breaking the Luchas. 
And that's the last words of Rashi and Torah. You finish, we want to finish with something positive. The end is with this horrible catastrophe. Because this brought out Moshe Rabbeinu more than anything else. He was never connected to truth on his own terms. He was connected to truth. And when you're connected to truth, then sometimes you could shatter the whole spirituality that you have practiced for 60 years. Now this doesn't come easy. This comes with tears. It doesn't come, if it's Sefkeid Estam, then Estam you're a let. We're not talking about a psalet. A light-headed person. A Kal Shabakalim who doesn't break the luchas, doesn't break the luchas. Who cares? <laughs> We're not talking about that. Don't, don't, mis- don't confuse the two. This comes from a deeper, a deeper connection, not from a smaller connection. But I'm giving an example. Sometimes you look at a situation, everything you knew has to go into the dustbin. What, what motivates you to do it? What allows you to do that? What, what you have to have at that moment is the ability to transcend the self. The ability to transcend the spiritual self. And that's not easy for people. And I'm talking here not about, you have narcissistic, clueless people who don't care about anything. I'm talking about people who care. But what do I mean? This, this is the God I know. This is the God I'm comfortable with. But you're going to lose your child. You're going to lose your child. You're going to sit, you're a lifeguard, you know the lifeguard seats by the beach, they sit on an ivory tower, right a half a mile up there, and the kid is drowning. She said, you want me to go down there? I stay up here. You'll stay up there with God, but he's going to drown. I have to stay up. Let him come up to me. (laughs) Tell him to come up to me. He can't come up to you. He's drowning. No, I don't go down. I stay here. I'm not, there are people who are Pashat narcissists. They don't get it. We have plenty of that too. They don't get, but I'm talking about people who are motivated by what they understand is genuine religion. Because it's my way of experiencing Hashem. But there comes a moment where you have to say, it's not about your experience. It's about what truth and that's not always something that's going to be in your experience. You have to get off the ivory tower and jump into places where you're going to have to take off your clothes and feel naked and go into this quicksand and get dirty in order to save the child. That's why you're up here, so you That's the real reason. That's the real reason you're up there. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm just giving one application with, the, with, with these concepts come into play in people's lives. If Yiddishkeit always remains ultimately an exercise in, ah? Uh, but I'm talking here in Edel, in very Edel of Madregas, because Mamali is Nishta, Mamali is very deep. But it's ultimately, the way I feel the connection. I want to feel, I'm not going to feel a relationship here. So you won't feel a relationship. So what? Real spirituality doesn't have to feel spiritual. <laughs> real, real godliness doesn't have to feel spiritual. It could feel physical. Mimale, what makes it godly is that I feel that it's godly. I feel that it's holy. Soiviv, what makes it godly is that it's true. It's divine. So you don't feel that it's divine. So what? But it's true. 
but I'm not going to feel ruchnius. So you won't feel ruchnius, but you'll do the right thing. Da'avekleg, that's the mizbeach adama. It's not about your alias, your shleimusim. Okay. The litmus test is two things. Number one, the results. But you could see, you could see results. That's number one. Number two, number two, number two, it's always if yeah, that it's not. There's the mamale is God as the self, and here it's not about the self; it's about the truth. It's not about the self. We're in Taita, you want to know? <laughs> well, Moshe breaks the Luchas and Hashem says, Yeshekoicha, Yeshekoicha, Chachashibarta. Thank you. Yeshekoich, like, Yashekoicha, Yekoich should be strong. Thank you for breaking the Luchas. Vazak Stav Chsidis. Ah, MSA, MSA. So now that I'll tell free macht him a male, a whole thing. Aber jetzt wird er. Es ist mir wartel kein Ingenest. Ah? Yeah, that's the Mimer. The Mimer Lahovin mit Pneima, Pesach, the, the, Marcus Pchoris and the Gula was the same day. Hanukkah and Purim. Mulchame ain't tog, and the and the yomt of the next day, Mashenkin Pesach. She says mitzad memale, you have to have two separate days. Mitzad soiv of oyer and choshech could be together. Gleich, yeah, gleich, gleich. Yeah. So somewhere in that whole shield, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ava of soiv is the ava von bittel. It's the ava von bittel. Yeah. What? The nekud in elikus was as lefi erich the mensh. Mashenkin soiviv is the bittul to elikus kemoy shehit some emes. Ah, on 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 the levushim on the tzimtzum. The the um, the the soviv is more subconscious, higher conscious, higher conscious. It's interesting because the one way to tap into it, like we were doing with the nigun, because breathing. Is something that's conscious and just unconscious. We we breathe automatically. It's unconscious. Very good, beautiful, we breathe, beautiful. We can, we can speed up our breathing, slow it down. Beautiful. So when we get in touch with our breathing, it's a connection between the conscious and the subconscious. Beautiful. Yeah.
Neshama, neshama, breathing, yeah, yeah. neshima. So, like the Rabbi beautiful. Said, Rabbi said before, like when there's a stressful time to take a breath, to get beautiful. in touch with Hashem, to do nigunim, sing. Beautiful. Thank you. Singing is a thank you. Big thank thing. you. Singing is such a big thing. Yeah, very big. Imagine Chodesh Baruch decided to experience the life through me. Beautiful. That's it. Hashem decided to experience life through me. So who am I not to? Not to love that. You got to love his experiment. <laughs> That's a beautiful line. That's a beautiful idea. That Hashem decided to experience life through you. So how could you not love it? Beautiful. You think this way is It's powerful. Somebody else's. Right. Hashem decided to experience life through him too. Through her too, Right. Right. It's a, it's a deeper way. It's just a deeper perspective. It helps you. It aligns your brain to the reality. You don't live in delusions and, and, and cover up. You wake up to reality. But now you have to give me an equation for soivif. That's good for Bamale. Okay. Let it sit. Let it sit. Still strength. The only, the only one I know that it's the moment where you, you, you lost and you don't know. That's probably the moment where he finds you. And that's the only way that maybe so you can, can't be even experienced by us. It can be experienced only by him. But it's just in a way like giving a delight to him. No, to yourself. Because you, you cannot even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you sense it. You sense it a little bit, yeah. <laughs> this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net/slash/donate.